Hello, and welcome back to Entering the Infinite, the Magic the Gathering podcast all about infinite combos. I'm your host, Aaron Benick. Last week, I talked about uh, Kaidel and Thrasios, a very interesting Simic infinite combo partner pair. If you haven't looked at that, go check that out. It's a really neat combo deck. You make infinite mana, you draw a bunch of cards, you deck your opponents. It's really cool. It's a lot of fun. And usually, I build decks to maximize advantage and value while having a combo finish. Go back to Wilhelm the Rock Cleaver. It's got a lot of value in that deck. It's got all the zombie lords. It's got all the zombie tribal stuff to it. But it also has some pretty sweet ways to win the game. Now, for the deck this week, I'm going to be doing that as well. However, I've taken it a, maybe a little bit too far with Tyam, Luminous, Enigma. So Tyam is actually from Commander 2020. He's one of the interchangeable legends that appears in that deck. So Tyam, Luminous, Enigma is one, a white, a black, and a green. So it's four mana overall. It's a legendary creature. He's a nightmare beast. It's a 3-3. Three, three. He says, each other creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional vigilance counter on it. Pay three, remove three counters from among creatures you control, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard, then return a permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, because Tyam cares about permanent cards that are uh, mana cost three or less, you can you can build the deck normally. You can include instants, sorceries, cards above uh, three mana, but... I thought it would be fun to build a commander around a restriction that can still combo off. So, every card that I'm going to talk about is three or less and is a permanent. So, by having every card being a permanent with a cost of three or less, you can return anything in your deck from your graveyard to the battlefield with Tyam. And it is important to note that you can do lands also. Tyam does not say non-land permanent. Tyam says a permanent card. So he is a form a little bit. He is a form of ramp on himself. So without further ado, let's get into the main combo of it. So Tyam opens up a huge space for combo. So instead of a single main combo for the deck, most of the cards that I'm going to be talking about Enable many different infinite combos, which kind of makes the deck extra dangerous. So not being very susceptible to removal by being able to return anything and being really low to the ground and low cost means that this deck can get off to the races pretty quickly because all of the cards in the deck, at least the way that I'm choosing to build it, are uh, cost three or less and they're a permanent. Meaning if someone destroys something, you can just return it. Someone destroys something else, you can return that. Destroys this, return that. Exile is a little bit harder to get around, but I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later here. So before I actually go into some of these combos, one of the things that we're going to be doing is activating Tyam an infinite number of times. So I'm going to go over Tyam's ability uh, one more time. So... One of the very important things to note is that Tyam gives counters to other creatures. Each other creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional vigilance counter on it. 
So when creatures enter as a part of some of the loops that I'm going to talk about, they already enter with other counters, which fulfills the requirement to then remove three counters to activate his second ability, his second ability, which is three mana, remove three counters from among creatures you control, put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard, then return a permanent card with converting mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it's really important to note that because of the way that Tyam is worded, his ability can be activated infinitely. So because milling the three cards isn't part of the cost, it's part of the effect, which doesn't care if you have any cards in your library or not. So if it was worded, remove the th remove three counters from among creatures you control, pay three mana, put the dot three cards of your library into your graveyard, colon, then you would need to put three cards from your library into your graveyard in order to actually do a bunch of these loops. But because it's worded the way that it is and you mill three cards after activating the ability, it's part of the ability and not the cost. It doesn't matter whether you have three cards in your library or not, you can still activate it. You just won't put any cards in your, in your graveyard. So one of the first parts of the many different interchangeable combos in the deck is a sacrifice outlet. And this is where we get around some of the exiling as well. So for instance, someone wants to Swords of Plasher or something, we can sacrifice it to one of our free sacrifice outlets, just put it back in the graveyard and get it back later. So some combos need additional mana in the case of ones that involve Tyam, you're gonna need additional mana in order to consistently loop other creatures, others can go off without anything else necessary, including Tyam. There are some combos here that I'm going to talk about that don't need Tyam at all. They just need a couple of cards and they go off to the races. So naturally, being a graveyard deck, we want sacrifice outlets to be able to loop cards, recur threats, and generate value, protect things, all, all that kind of stuff. So the first one shouldn't be any surprise. It's a graveyard combo deck, so Ashnod's Altar goes in it. Uh, Ashnod's Altar is three colorless for an artifact, and it has sacrifice a creature, add two colorless to your mana pool. Even if we weren't doing any kind of combo shenanigans, Ashnod's Altar just goes in this deck. So the Altar enables many combos since Tyam needs three mana to actually activate his ability, and it's probably one of the most important sacrifice outlets, the most useful as well, but not completely necessary to actually win the game. Like I said, there are many different combos, there are many in different interchangeable parts to these combos. Mostly, we really just need Ashnod's Altar for Tyam loops in order to generate that additional three mana that Tyam needs to activate his abilities. So, about four combos in the deck 100% need Ashnod's Altar. A lot of the other ones would like to have it as a sacrifice outlet because of the fact that it generates additional mana. So if we have Tyam, then we can mill over the rest of our deck and find some kind of outlet in order to win the game. But each loop uh, that I'm going to talk about here in a second needs Tyam and a permanent that creates at least three creatures when it enters uh, in addition to the altar. So you need altar, you need Tyam, you need a permanent that creates at least three creatures. The permanents are interchangeable, but the other two pieces 
mostly are not. Ashnod's is only interchangeable with one card, and I'll get to that in a second. But you 100% need Tyam for uh, these couple ones that I'm going to talk about. So the permanents that are going to be giving us the cards are going to be the Promise of Bunrai. I hope I said that right. Uh, the Weapon Craft Enthusiast, Collar of the Claw, and Hallowed Spirit Keeper. Uh, I'm not really going to read these off, but they're just going to go up on the screen here. Now, all of these permanents create tokens when they enter, which is exactly what we need. So, how exactly does the combo work? So, for simplicity's sake, I'm going to say we have Weaponcraft Enthusiast. So, we're going to play the Weaponcraft Enthusiast. It's going to come in. It's going to make two tokens. So, we have Tyam. We have Ashnod's Altar. We have the Weaponcraft Enthusiast. So, Tyam is going to put a Vigilance Counter on all three of those cards. So now we've got Tyam, we've got three creatures that have th that have counters on them, collectively three counters from among the three of them, and we have Ashnod's Altar. So then activate Tyam for three, removing the Vigilance counters from uh, the Weaponcraft Enthusiast and the tokens. So Tyam's ability then goes on the stack. So in response to the ability, then you sacrifice all of the creatures, which generates six colorless, and then you return that creature from your graveyard to the battlefield with Tyam. Because Tyam does not target anything in the graveyard. The way that his ability is worded makes it so easy to actually combo off with it and abuse it because of how differently it's worded. The milling isn't part of the cost, it's part of the effect. He doesn't target anything in your graveyard. He just says return a permanent, which is also very helpful if someone is trying to, uh, let's say, surgical extract something in your graveyard. They're trying to nitpick and exile one thing out of your graveyard. They can't. They have to choose one because you're not actually targeting anything. So that is how you basically loop with Tyam. And the... Weaponcraft Enthusiast is interchangeable with the other three cards. The Promise of Banrai works the same way. So all you do is you have a creature that's dead. Uh, Promise of Banrai is in the graveyard. You get it back with Tyam. You sacrifice a creature. You put it back in the graveyard. You take counters off the creatures that Promise makes, and etc., etc. Uh, Collar of the Claw and Howlet Spirit Keeper are probably the two best ones because the number of creatures that they make go up the more that you actually do the loop so it can actually make additional mana so the end result of this is infinite colorless mana and your entire graveyard in your library so with nothing else that's that's what you get with nothing else on the board just those couple of cards that is what you get you get infinite colorless in your entire graveyard in your library and you're probably thinking you might need something else to win the game, which is true. Um, but you don't need it right away. You can perform that loop and dump your whole graveyard into your library and make infinite colorless. And then you can win from that point. So the loop is infinite even without anything else on your board since it also mills you entirely, which lets you grab whatever you want from your graveyard and then continue the loop again. So you can loop Weaponcraft Enthusiast, dump your whole graveyard into your library, and then you can loop the 
same creatures over and over again, but then you can put a Blood Artist back onto the board with Tyam's ability. Um, in the case of Color of the Claw, though, and the Hallett's Beard Keeper, you actually make infinite tokens, which I think is a win con all on its own. Ashnod's Altar is just also a fantastic value piece. Just sacrificing creatures we want to recur, generating extra mana, and kind of semi-looping cards uh, from the graveyard. Tyam's ability being colorless means that Ashnod's Altar is just really, really good. Sacrificing creatures to Ashnod's to then get them back out with Tyam, use the additional colorless mana to pay for his ability, etc., etc. So, I talked about how Ashnod's is only replaceable with one other card, and that's Phyrexian Altar. So Phyrexian Altar is three colorless for an artifact. Sacrifice a creature, add one mana of any color. I've talked about this card at least a couple of times on here now. If you don't know what it does, that's what it does. So Phyrexian Altar is surprisingly a little worse than Ashnod's Altar. So for starters, the price difference is severe, and it is off-putting. Uh, Phyrexian Altar is $70, 70 plus dollars right now. And I believe that Ashnod's is only a couple of dollars. I think Ashnod's Altar is only about at eight or $10 right now. So Phyrexian Altar being actually less efficient than Ashnod's Altar because it doesn't generate extra mana, it just generates a mana. And the uh, severe price tag on it makes it a little surprisingly worse than Ashnod's Altar. It, it's, the, sig the difference there is pretty significant. Um, however, in the case of Color of the Claw and Hallowed Spirit Keeper, they both make extra tokens to sacrifice to Phyrexian Altar to get more mana. Weapon Craft Enthusiast breaks even with it, and it doesn't produce any additional mana. So if you do the same loop with the Weapon Craft Enthusiast and the Phyrexian Altar, you don't get six mana, you only get three. So you can only pay for Tyam's ability as long as you're doing that particular loop. But if you do enough times, mill over an Ashnod's Altar, get the Ashnod's Altar back, and then you can start sacrificing them to Ashnod's Altar and then generate infinite mana from there. So if you're only going to play one of these, I definitely suggest that you go with Ashnod's Altar instead of Phyrexian Altar because of the price difference and the mana value and the value difference but for redundancy's sake it's probably just better to run both so the rest of the combos in the deck are going to be persist and undying loops both of which essentially say when this creature dies return it to the battlefield either with a minus one minus one counter in the case of persist or a plus one plus one counter with this with the case of undying both of these kinds of effects are really good with Ty with Tyam because he wants creatures, he wants cards in the graveyards that you can recur, and he wants to take counters off of things. So the former, which is Persist, not needing additional mana, and the latter, which is Undying, requires a little bit of help. There are cards that remove minus one, minus one counters or cancel them out completely, which I'll get to here in just a minute, but plus one, plus one counters are a little bit harder to get rid of, which is why they need the mana alters to use Tyem's ability to remove their counters so they can return. So with the persist loops, I'm going to talk about those first. They only need three things. 
which is sacrifice outlet, a free sacrifice outlet, so either one of the altars will do, a creature with persist, obviously, and a way to cancel out the minus one, minus one counters. So any of these parts is interchangeable. It doesn't matter if you have Ashnod's altar, Phyrexian altar, Viserysir, Strider. I'm going to talk about some of those ones here in a little bit. It doesn't matter which creature you have with persist, as long as it has persist. It doesn't matter how you cancel out the minus one, minus one counters, as long as you do. So this loop is probably the easiest to pull off, especially since you don't need Tyam to do it. And if you have either of the altars, you create infinite mana with a persist loop. You don't need the additional mana to actually combo off, but creating infinite mana is good because then you can play out Tyam, remove a bunch of counters, middle of your Hurl library, and then get something out of your graveyard, some kind of payoff to actually win the game. So besides either of the altars, what are we going to be sacrificing our creatures to? Well, you know what they say, three's a crowd, but if you're going to play one altar, you might as well play them all. So we've got altar, we've got Phyrexian altar, Ashnod's altar, and the altar of dementia, which is two mana. It's an artifact. Sacrifice a creature, target player puts a number of cards equal to the sacrificed creature's power from the top of their library into their graveyard. This outlet can actually let us kill our opponents by milling them out. You can do the loop and just target your opponents every time you sacrifice a creature, making them completely mill out. Pass the turn, they deck themselves. Um, or it can be used on ourselves to actually get more options to return with Tyam. Uh, this is just a free sacrifice outlet that doubles in a, as a win con and a value piece. So it's fantastic. You play it in the early game. You have something to protect your creatures from exile effects. You can mill over yourself, put, dump more cards into your graveyard, recur them with Tyam, get important combo pieces, all that kind of stuff. So then the next two sacrifice outlets sort of do the same thing. So I'm, I'm going to read them off individually and then just put them up on the screen. So the first one is the Bloodflow Connoisseur. It's two and a black for a creature vampire. It's a 1-1. One, one. Sacrifice a creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on Bloodflow Connoisseur. And then you also have Carrion Feeder, which is just a single black for a creature. It's a zombie and a 1-1. One, one. It can't block. Sacrifice a creature, put a plus one, plus one counter on uh, the Carrion Feeder. So these outlets are actually really interesting and can most likely lead to some additional loops given that they put counters on themselves when sacrificing creatures and since Tyam wants to remove counters to activate his ability those extra counters might come in handy for a couple of those things so again these are just free sacrifice outlets but they can also turn into potential threats so if we do a persist loop then we put infinite plus one plus one counters on the blood flow connoisseur or the carrion feeder smack someone for infinite damage the next one is very interesting, to uh, to say the least. I don't think I've ever seen this card uh, before now, but I actually really like it. So it's Fanatical Devotion. It is two and a white for an enchantment. It just reads, Sacrifice a Creature, Regenerate Target Creature. So I really like this one a lot because it can help protect any of the creatures on the board in addition to being a free sacrifice outlet. You know, Tyam is a really important part of the deck, generating value and sometimes being a combo piece, and we need to keep him on the board as much as we can. Um, but I'll go into more, I'll go more into protection uh, a little bit later. 
Making sure that important creatures stay on the board is really good double duty for this card. It keeps blood artist effects on the board. I'll talk about those later. It keeps really important value creatures on the board, keeps Tyam on the board, and it's still just a free sacrifice outlet. So it's out on the board, play some persist creatures, and we're good to go. The next one also has some interesting utility, just like Fanatical Devotion. It's Martyr's Cause, which is two and a white for an enchantment. It reads, sacrifice a creature, prevent all damage to a creature or player from one source. I like that it reads one source. And I'll, I'll talk about that in just a second. So I like this one as well. It Preventing damage from anything for the low, low cost of giving up a creature that we can get back anyway is really great utility for a deck that is very low to the ground and also doesn't, very, doesn't go very wide. So typically with really low to the ground decks, usually you make a bunch of creatures. Edgar Markov, a lot of the vampires are really tiny, but he makes so many of them. So using the Martyr's Cause to stop a Blightsteel Colossus or a Kozilek in its tracks, you know, we don't want to be smacked for 11 Infect or 12 Menace damage. So this card can also help us just stay alive when most of our board consists of one ones with persist tokens on them and just regular creature tokens. Uh, it can also be used on spells and other sources. So that Comet Storm that your opponent just cast for lethal isn't quite so lethal anymore because it does say uh, from any source you prevent all the damage from it. So that's why uh, that's why I really like Martyr's Cause. It's just it's just really good utility. It provides a lot of protection from board states, right? So we're not doing a whole lot in the way of interacting. I mean, obviously, you want to play the Reclamation Sages of the World, the Fiend Hunters, but even Fiend Hunter can't stop you from getting smacked in the face for 10 damage, at least for, for too long. So I really like Martyr's Cause. I, I think it's really cool. And then the next, the next two sacrifice outlets are almost the same card actually so it's viseraseer and woe strider viseraseer is one black for a creature a vampire wizard it has sacrifice a creature scry one it's just a one one and the woe strider basically reads almost the exact same it's, it's a little more wordy uh for a little bit more mana cost so woe strider is two and a black for a three two it's a horror when Woe Strider enters the battlefield, create a 0-1 white goat creature token. Sacrifice another creature, scry one. Escape, three black black. Exile four other creature. Exile four other cards from your graveyard. So you can cast it for from your graveyard for its escape cost. And Woe Strider escapes with two plus one plus one counters on it. So these sacrifice outlets provide us with a little bit of card selection as well as combo pieces you know we need free sacrifice outlets in order to do a couple of these loops that i'm talking about here it's also a little bit of synergy with tyam since you can actually look at the top card that you're going to end up milling with him and mass sacrificing your board to find specific pieces and dig through your deck is never really a bad thing so we've got sacrifice outlets 
The next thing that we need for some of these persist loops are the creatures that actually have persist. So I'm going to read off specifically what persist does. So persist is when this creature dies, if it had no minus one, minus one counters on it, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a minus one, minus one counter on it. And there are plenty of persist creatures to choose from, but there are only a few actually worth running. And if you're going to actually go with the restriction that I'm going with with Tyam, which is everything is a permanent three or less, then it severely restricts the persist creatures that you can actually put in there. Not only that, but most persist creatures don't actually provide any utility outside of a combo. They are pretty good, however, for um, just doing some semi-loops, sacrificing them to maybe an Ashnod's altar that you've got out, putting a minus one, minus one counter on it, using Tyam, removing that counter, you know, paying only one since you made two from Ashnod's altar, mill a couple of cards, get something back, uh, stuff like that. So I'm not going to go too in-depth about a lot of these persist creatures. Uh, I'm just going to read them off here. So we've got the Lesser Masticore, the Putrid Goblin, Safehold Elite, and Kitchen Finks. So each of these creatures, basically we're just playing them just because they have the word persist on them. Almost the entirety of the rest of the text is useless, since their utility is mostly just as combo pieces. That's why we can afford to run ones like Putrid Goblin. It literally doesn't do anything else. It just has persist. Save hold elite doesn't do anything else. It just has persist. Lesser Masticore does have some additional text on him. Uh, you can pay four mana to deal one damage to a creature, but four mana to only deal one damage is a really steep cost. Um, however, if you do create infinite mana and you have Lesser Masticore out, then you can kill all your opponent's board. So that is it's a little bit of an upside. And Kitchen Finks easily has the most use here since it gains life upon entry. So in a vacuum, Kitchen Finks at least gains you infinite life without it doing anything else. If you just have a Viserys here, you just have Kitchen Finks, you just have one of the other three cards that I'm about to talk about here, uh, Kitchen Finks gains you infinite life. So the last part of the persist category is a way to actually keep counters off of the creatures so they can return infinitely. So persist creatures will only return if they don't have any minus one, minus one counters on them. So you have to find a way to actually keep those counters off. There are, I'm sure, some loops that you can do with Tyam that take off all the counters. And those are probably discoverable just kind of grinding through the deck. But there are several creatures that actually keep minus one minus one counters from going on or they just cancel them out entirely so we've got malira Silvok outcast she's one and a green for a legendary creature human scout she's a tutu she just says you can't get poison counters creatures you control can't have minus one minus one counters placed on them that's the important part and creatures your opponents control lose infect so malira could just read as Creatures you control can't have minus one, minus one counters placed on them, and we would still play it, because that's the only reason that we're playing Malira anyway, is to just keep the minus one, minus one counters from going on. So, we have Viserys here, we have Kitchen of Things, we have Malira. You sacrifice 
the Kitchen Finks to Viserys here. It returns because of Persist. But Malira says it doesn't get a minus one, minus one counter on it. So you sacrifice it again. It comes back again. And it still doesn't have the minus one, minus one counter on it. So you can just sacrifice it infinitely. And Vizier of Remedies basically says the same thing. Vizier of Remedies is one and a white for a creature, human cleric. It's a two, one. If one or more minus one, minus one counters would be put on a creature you control, that many minus one, minus one counters, minus one are put on it instead. So, same loop. Instead of Malira, you have Vizier of Remedies. You sacrifice the Kitchen Finks to Viserys here. Kitchen Finks enters. It gets a minus one, minus one counter put on it. But Vizier of Remedies replacement effect happens. So instead of a minus one, minus one counter, you put that many minus one. So you subtract one. So instead of putting one, you put zero. So it essentially, it essentially almost reads the same as Malira. Um, instead of the case, except in the case of Devoted Druid, which I'll talk about here in a second, but they both just keep minus one, minus one counters from being put on our creatures, uh, meaning that our, when our persist creatures enter from the graveyard, they can just be sacrificed again and they'll come right back. So, uh, it is important to note that they're, that they basically do the same thing, but they're worded very differently. So in the case of Devoted Druid, uh, which I definitely think should also be run in this deck. Vizier says you put a counter on it, but then subtract one, while Malira says you can't place them at all. So the Devoted Druid is one and a green for a creature, an Elf Druid. It's a zero two. It has tap to add green and put a minus one, minus one counter on Devoted, on Devoted Druid, on tap Devoted Druid. So with Malira, you actually cannot pay the ability to put a minus one minus one counter on devoted druid since malira says your creatures can't get them at all but with the vizier of remedies whenever you go to put the minus one minus one counter on it you'd simply subtract one so you can activate the devoted druid an infinite number of times and make uh an infinite number of mana uh so the vizier creates infinite mana with the druid malira doesn't but both should definitely be run for persist loops all these cards are just spectacular in this deck Another way for persist creatures to uh, come back infinitely is to simply cancel out the minus one, minus one counter that's being put on them with something like Good Fortune Unicorn, which is one, a green and a white for a creature unicorn. It's a two-two. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on that creature. So when our persist creatures enter from the graveyard with a minus one, minus one counter, the unicorn is going to put a plus one, plus one counter on it, which will cancel out both counters and remove them, which enables the loop. So anytime you have a minus one, minus one counter and a plus one, plus one counter on the same creature, they both actually will cancel each other out and that creature doesn't have any counters on it. So this is how that persist loop is enabled because the good fortune unicorn will just put counters on the persist creatures and then letting you just sacrifice them infinitely unicorn is also a really great value piece by adding additional counters to our other creatures for tyam to then remove to activate his ability so that's how you perform persist loops but what about undying loops well Undying loops are a little bit harder. They are drastically different, actually. 
uh, since there aren't cards like Vizier of Remedies that keep counters from going on our creatures. Most Undying Loops are just going to use Ashnod's Altar and Tyam to remove the plus one plus encounters and generate extra mana to create an infinite loop that way, uh, similar to some of the other combos that I talked about earlier. So, the there are only about four Undying Creatures that you can actually run. Uh, if you are... If you are actually going to go with Tyam's Restriction, which I am. Uh, we've got Young Wolf, which is one, which is just one green for a creature wolf. It's a 1-1. One, one. It has Undying. You got Strangle Root Geist, which is almost the same thing. It's double green for a 2-1. It's a spirit. It has haste. It has Undying. You got Butcher Ghoul, one and a black creature zombie. It's a 1-1. One, one. It has Undying. Jirolf's Messenger is probably the better one of any of these because it has a win condition stapled onto it. Uh, Jeroff's Messenger is triple black for a 3-2. It's a zombie. It enters the battlefield tapped. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent loses two life. It has Undying. So to perform one of the Undying loops, what you need is Tyam in order to return creatures, and you need the Ashnod's Altar in order to use the additional mana to activate his ability. And then you need two Undying creatures. So... The way that it works is you need Tyam on the board, Ashnod's Altar on the board, and two Undying Creatures. What you do is you sacrifice the Undying Creatures to Ashnod's Altar. That makes four colorless. They both come back with plus one plus one counters on them, and they both come in with Vigilance counters on them because of Tyam. You then use four, You then use three of the mana that you made with Ashnod's Altar, take off both of the plus one plus one counters from the Undying Creatures and one of the Vigilance counters, to then put three cards into your uh, graveyard, put something into play, and then you just repeat that loop over and over again. Uh, the end result is you have infinite colorless, you have your entire library milled over, and you can put every one of your permanent cards uh, from your graveyard onto the battlefield. So you can put, you know, the blood artists of the world uh, onto the board. So then the loop actually creates an end game. There is one final loop that I want to talk about before I go on to some of the other sections of the deck. And this is just combos that I can tell you about. There are so many interchangeable cards. There are so many additional cards that you can put into Tygam that enable so many more combos. It would be incredibly hard to go through them all. So this will be the, one of the last loops that I talk about before I talk about... Um, some of the other aspects of the deck. Uh, I want to talk about Renegade Rallier loops. So Renegade Rallier is three mana. It is a colorless, a green, and a white. For a creature, a human warrior, it's a 3-2. It has Revolt. So when Renegade Rallier enters the battlefield, if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield this turn, return target permanent card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So, anytime anything leaves the board, it automatically triggers the Renegade Rallier, including itself. So, Renegade Rallier goes infinite with any sacrifice outlet, and a permanent it can return, that also returns the Renegade Rallier. Uh, so, we've got Safi, Eric's Daughter, Kaya's Ghost Form, and Angelic Renewal. So, Safi is a green and a white. For a legendary creature, Human Scout, she's a 2-2. You sacrifice Safi. 
When target creature is put into a graveyard this turn, return that card to the battlefield. Uh, Kaya's Ghost Form basically does the same thing. It's a black for an aura. And when Enchanted Permanent dies or is put into exile, you return it to the battlefield. Angelic Renewal is one and a white for an enchantment. Whenever a creature is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, sacrifice Angelic Renewal. If you do, return it to the battlefield. So, how it works is sacrifice Renegade Rallier to Viserysir. It's Revolt Triggers. And then, in the case of Safi Eric's Daughter, you sacrifice Safi the... Renegade Rallyer returns itself when you sacrifice it, and then because a permanent left, it triggers Revolt, so then when the Renegade Rallyer enters, it returns Safi Eric's Daughter back to the board. It does basically the same thing with Kaya's Ghost Form and Angelic Renewal. Um, it's just, these are the three permanents that can loop the Renegade Rallyer. These are easy loops, and... All the cards for them also function outside of the combo vacuum. So we sacrifice a, a persist creature. We play Renegade Rallyer. We get a land back from our graveyard. You know, do all kinds of shenanigans. Um, Angelic Renewal can just put something right back on the board. Tyam can return it back. Safi Eric's Daughter does the same thing. Kaya's Ghost Form can be used to actually protect Tyam. So they're all they're all really good cards outside of the outside of the vacuum. And then one super important card that I re that I want to talk about. I won't be playing it, uh, but you certainly can. It is Luminous Broodmoth. It's two, a white and a white for a creature, it's an insect. It's a three-four. It has flying. Whenever a creature you control without flying dies. Return it to the battlefield under its owner's control with a flying counter on it. Now, this card adds an entire other universe for combo potential because it adds adds counters to creatures to remove with Tyam, and it returns sacrificed creatures from our graveyard back to the board. It makes uh, a couple undying loops a lot easier. It adds additional counters for Ashnod creature loops and it functions as an as an additional vizier of remedies type card for some persist loops It is a really good addition to the deck. It should definitely be played uh, I however in my personal build of Tyam am not going to be playing luminous broodmoth uh, Just because I want to keep the entire deck three mana cost and under and all permanents so Luminous Brood, Brood Moth being 4 mana makes it so that you can't return it with uh, Tyam. So I won't be playing it in my version. But if you'd rather not build Tyam that on theme, definitely add the Brood Moth. It is a fantastic combo card in this deck. Now, I've talked about a lot. I've talked a lot about these loops. But how exactly do you win after you've performed some of these loops? Blood artist type effects are also important, being payoffs for actually performing some of these loops and just grinding how the deck wants to in the first place. I'm not going to go real in depth, real in depth about these. I'm just going to talk a little bit about each of them. You got Corpse Knight, Bastion of Remembrance, Blood Artist, Cruel Celebrant, Pious Evangel, and Zulaport Cutthroat. In the case of the Pious Evangel, what we actually want is the flip side of it. We want the Wayward Disciple, which is just another Blood Artist. So, 
all of these are just payoffs. They close out the game. They uh, actually win when we perform any of our infinite combos. So Corpse Knight, uh, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, each opponent loses one life. Bastion of Remembrance is whenever a creature dies, each opponent loses one life. Blood Artist, whenever a creature dies, target player loses a life. Cruel Celebrant, a creature dies, each opponent loses a life. Wayward Disciple, creature dies, opponents lose life. Zulaport Thro Cutthroat, a creature dies, opponents lose life. It's really simple. We really need these cards in order to actually close out the game after we've performed the loop. And because of most of the loops that we have, once we mill ourselves over with time, we can just return any or all of these, if you're that kind of person, to the battlefield and then kill our opponents that way. Uh, alternatively, any kind of Soul Warden effect, anything that says whenever a creature you control enters the battlefield, you gain a life, uh, you can make you can get infinite life instead of dealing infinite damage infinite damage uh, to your to your opponents so the very last part of the deck and i promise i'm almost done is protection uh protection of tyam since he's very crucial and protection of our graveyard since we're going to be dumping half of our library into it we want to keep those cards where they are so we've got all seed of life's bounty we've got benevolent bodyguard Dauntless Escort, Dauntless Bodyguard, Resolute Watchdog, Selfless Savior, and Selfless Spirit. Each of these creatures sacrifices itself in order to save Tyam, or in the case of the Bodyguard and Spirit, uh, our entire board. So some of these are better than others, either giving protection instead of indestructible, or acquiring a mana to activate instead of being free. Um, but all of these cards do their job, and Tyam isn't the only key card to be protected. We want the flexibility to save any one of our permanents, especially from any kind of exile effects. And then we've also got the Giver of Runes, the Cliffside Rescuer, and the M Mother of Runes, all of which uh, tap to be able to give protection to something. All of these do the same thing with the upside of being more repeatable at the expense of not being able to use it immediately. Um, all of these cards do exactly what we want. They just protect our creatures on the board. Most importantly, Tyam. Um, I think a combination of either of these sections is probably the best way to build it. You probably want some of the sacrificial creatures, some of the tappers. That way you have some of the ability to use them immediately you have some of the ability to repeat them over um but it is worth noting that all of the sacrificial ones you can just return them with tyam so now that tyam and all of our other all of our other creatures are safe what about the graveyard how exactly do we save our graveyard from a bajukabog or as i like to call it a bajonkaberg well we've got the elixir of immortality which is one mana. It's an artifact. It's two and tap the elixir. You gain five life. Shuffle elixir of immortality and your graveyard into their owner's library. So you can even recur the elixir with Tyam, which I really like. Um, another one that you can actually recur with Tyam is the Loaming Shaman, which is two and a green. For a creature, it's a Centaur Shaman. It's a three-two. 
When Loaming Shaman enters the battlefield, target player shuffles any number of target cards from their graveyard into their library. So, leave up all our mana, Loaming Shaman is in the graveyard, pass the turn. Someone plays a Bajuka Bog, target the Tyam player, immediately activate Tyam, play out the Loaming Shaman, shuffle our entire graveyard back into our library, and it's safe from the Bajuka Bog. These are both repeatable with Elixir shuffling back into the library so we can just mill it over and recur it later. And the Shaman being able to be sacrificed and then reanimated, uh, leaving a small amount of mana up to keep our graveyard safe, I feel like is a pretty small price to pay for keeping all of our cards protected and our time uh, saved that we invested in all that milling. Otherwise, we just kind of turned our gears to get rid of all those cards. A few significantly worse ones are the Cranial Archive, which is two mana for an artifact. It's pay two, exile Cranial Archive, target player shovels his or her graveyard into his or her library, draw a card. Um, it's only got one use on it. It is recurrable with Tyam, but it exiles itself when you use it, so it's not terribly great. Feldon's Cane, one mana, tap it, exile Feldon's Cane, shuffle your graveyard into your library. It's an artifact. Does the same thing. It's only good for one use, though. Um, if we're going to have some cards that only have one use to them, then I would rather run the Perpetual Timepiece, which is two mana for an artifact. Tap, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Pay two, exile, Perpetual Timepiece, shuffle any number of target cards from your graveyard into your library. Um, or I would rather one, I'd rather run the Wand of Vertebrae, which is one mana. It has tap, put the top card of your library into your graveyard. Pay two mana, tap it, exile one to vertebrae, shuffle up to five target cards from your graveyard into your library. Both of these do double duty. They protect our graveyard, and they can also put some of our library into our graveyard. So they're a little bit better than the other two that I just talked about, the Archive and the Cane, just because they have that additional utility on them. Overall, Tyam is an incredibly grindy deck wanting to wait and gain value, dumping key cards into the graveyard before snatching them back, and killing our opponents with one go. It can play quickly, dumping cheap pieces onto the board in no time, playing Viserys Seer turn one, safe hold elite turn two, and then Vizier of Remedies turn three. Suddenly, that's a loop right there. Um, or it can excel in the long game, recurring threats, generating value, and semi-looping plenty of cards in order to improve our board state and our life total. So, what do you think of, uh, of Tyam? I think it's pretty cool. I really like that he's very different. He cares uh, a lot about counters, so you can do some of the cool counter-style loops, collected company counter-style loops. Um, what other loops would you add into the deck? Would you play Luminous Broodmoth? Or would you want to keep your entire deck low to the ground? Uh, would you stick with the restriction that I said I'm going with? Uh, all permanents and all CMC three or less? Or would you go all out and add some other cards? Like, the, for instance, the Broodmoth. Would you add Machaeus for some other crazy undying combos? Uh, let me know in the comments below. And tune in next time when we enter the infinite.